This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. You're Alexander Morneau is a public policy analyst at the Montreal Economic Institute. IEDM.org is their website. Alexander, thanks for joining us here. Hey, my pleasure. So we talk about the cost of air travel in Canada. How much of a finger can we point at fees and taxes? How much does that drive up the cost of travel? It's certainly a significant share of the higher price that we pay for uh, our travel tickets. But uh, again, we have to consider the fact that Canada is a white country and we have a low population density. So necessarily it means that we need to pay higher prices. Um, but there is certainly some things that the government could do. Uh, for instance, we are one of the worst in terms of competitiveness uh, with regards to the airport sector because we have a lot of fees that are charged uh, essentially for the airports is the rent that the government is charging them it's quite high and it makes it very expensive for uh, airliners to land on on any Canadian airport so eventually this extra cost is passed on to consumers and it leads to higher prices and on top of that we have various form of taxes that are applied to con- directly to consumers or to airliners, to airports. So at the end of the day, it makes it very expensive to travel in Canada or even uh, in the world. Right. And, and I mean, other countries have, have fees and taxes. I mean, Canada is mm-hmm. not unique in that sense, but they do exactly. seem to be a, a lot higher here. How, how do we determine as to whether they're higher than they should be? Um, when we compare to any other countries, I mean, we are, I mean, uh, the, the World Economic Forum do a ranking and we were 68th out of 130 countries and we were the worst uh, among OECD countries. Um, and if we compare the cost of landing a plane uh, in any airports in Canada, it's 50% higher than the most expensive airports in the United States. So uh, it's certainly higher than anywhere uh, from our competitors. And what it means is that a lot of Canadians actually cross the border to travel yeah. in the United States because it's less expensive. So we're kind of losing money because of those higher fees. Um, and the message here is that the government could actually uh, increase its revenue if we would uh, reduce their taxes. It might seem counterintuitive, but actually uh, consumers are really sensitive uh, to price variations. So um, from different experience that we've seen in the world, um, we can conclude that the 10% decrease in the price of airfares could lead to a 13 to 20 and even 30% increase in, the, uh, in traffic, uh, air traffic demand. So we would generate even more economic activity and the government would increase its revenue uh, through this uh, increase in uh, economic activity. Very interesting. What, what are these taxes, by the way, that are specific um, to air travel? Yeah, there's a lot of them, but uh, one of the most important one is uh, the rent that the, any airports have to pay. Actually, the major airports have to pay to the federal government because we, the federal government actually owns them, but they are run by uh, pro- non-for-profit companies, um, and it's about 12% of their gross revenue, which is much higher than 
any private company would pay. Uh, I mean, the combined uh, federal and provincial tax would mean maybe 20, 25%, but only on their profits margin, not on their gross revenue. So it makes a, it's a, an extra cost that is ultimately passed on to consumers and to airliners, uh, and that makes it more expensive. And this does not necessarily respect the principle of user pays, uh, because the government is not investing any money on their, on our, uh, in the infrastructures, and they're not even subsidizing it. So it's, a, it's just a cash grab. Um, and also you have the, the security fees that are charged um, directly to consumers. Uh, actually, the government, it's kind of the same arrangement that we have with airports. Uh, the government just gave the responsibility to non-for-profit companies to run the security across Canada. Um, and actually, the government collects way more money uh, than it pays for security. So, again, it's a cash grab. Um, and ultimately, the consumers who pay for this. Yeah. When it comes to those airport rents, is it simple enough to just lower the rents, or do we need to change the way that, that airports are, are owned and operated, do you think? Yeah, I mean, it was a debate, and we actually did a publication on this uh, last year that the government could uh, consider the possibility of changing the form and have a kind of a privately owned company like we see uh, I mean, pretty much everywhere in Europe. Uh, it's private companies who buy shares of the the airports, um, but the government said that they essentially closed the door to the solution. Um, so now we think that it would at least be a better policy um, if we could uh, only lower those costs because it's a significant cost for airports and uh, it's uh, ultimately passed on to consumers. I mean, at the end of the day, we're still stuck with the fact that Canada is a large country with a you know relatively low population density, that there are going to be additional costs involved in, in servicing a country like Canada, right? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I and mean, there is nothing we can do. Uh, maybe in 200 years we have a higher yeah. density of population. But, I mean, uh, in the short term, uh, what we can do is to change uh, the policies and the tax forms, uh, the tax that we Im- impose on everyone in the industry. Um, and that's pretty easy to do. But, uh, I mean, it seems like the, the government is not willing to do it. Um, but, again, it's not one solution that will completely change uh, the prices. And another thing that the federal government did recently is to facilitate foreign investment, and that led to an increase in low-cost carrier company. And just this week, a new one just uh, entered the market. Yeah. And what we've seen is that the biggest that we have here in Canada, I mean, Air Canada and WestJet and those companies, um, they need to compete. So they lowered their fees. And just that kind of policy can lead to a decrease in the airfares. And ultimately, it's Canadians will benefit it a benefit from it because it will be less expensive to visit their family across Canada or to discover uh, new places in Europe and the United States. Is there room for more competition in Canada, do you think? Yeah, I think, we, we, I mean, we're we're seeing it right now. I mean, we we see new companies arriving, entering the market, and it seems like the, the, the market has been growing for years. But again, there is some things that we can do to foster uh, even more uh, the, the, the market growth. Um, and Canadians seem to be willing to travel more and more. They want to, they have a higher disposable income. They have more means to uh, visit the world. So eventually the, the system will grow anyway. But there are still many things that the government can do um, to give uh, give the the industry a push. Yeah.
Well, and you know, it's surprising that they don't because we, we do hear a lot from government of just how important the industry is. And, and even though governments are often desperate for revenue, as you say, there are ways that this could actually help on, on that side. So what, what do you think is, is the explanation here for the reluctance to address any of this? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a matter of priority. I mean, there is a lot of things that the government has to deal with right now. I mean, they need to watch every tweet that Trump is <laughs> sending. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we have a lot of trade deals that we have to negotiate. So maybe it's not a first priority to them, uh, but I think that for a lot of Canadians who are actually looking uh, for a place to go uh, this summer, uh, it's a priority for them. But again, uh, we've seen some interest from the federal government when they did re- uh, they reform the, the limit on foreign investment. So maybe eventually we will see other reforms that will be beneficial to the industry and the Canadians. Well, let's hope so. Much more on all of this. Again, IEDM.org. It's the website for the Montreal Economic Institute. Uh, Alexander, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. All right, take care. Alexander Bourneau is a Moreau, rather, is a public policy analyst at the Montreal Economic Institute, IEDM.org, which is, well, it's the French version, essentially. Uh, You can read this publication for yourself on high taxes and fees and how that penalizes travelers. Again, Canada's unique as a country in terms of its size, population density. There's going to be at a cost. And as they say, taken individually, none of these taxes and fees explains the high price of tickets in Canada, but their cumulative effect is clear. The margin, they limit the growth of the air transport sector and ensuing economic benefits. The tax burden that weighs on the air transport industry thus also weighs on the economy. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.